It's June 20th, 2022. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode 187 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hope you're keeping well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. Salam Dustan Aziz, Durupa Shama. Hello, the fabulous Kiana. Hi, Gian. Hello, Groovy Shaya. And hello, Captain Reza. Hello, sir. The Monday crew, all Monday here. Crew. This is conversations from to and about the Iranian diaspora. Later in this show, guitarist, songwriter, Producer, Khoshtip mm. man. <laughs> Most is, importantly, is it, is it clear that it's a man when we say Khoshtip? Uh, or can it be a. No, yeah, Khoshtip uh, yeah, It can't be a Khoshtip I don't think so. I think no. of a male when I see Yeah. Khoshkit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. But can feminine. he be Ziba? Can, he can be Ziba. He can, can be Ziba. Right. Actually, he can be Guitarist, songwriter, producer Ziba. Hamon <laughs> <laughs> Salimi. What does it sound? It sounds wrong. Khoshtips is more associated with a male. Yeah. Like, like handsome. A handsome. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, uh, you, you can call me Ziba. <laughs> In fact, you can just call me Ziba. I don't mind. That's, right. that's, that's yeah, simpler than Gian. Hamon uh, Salimi, yes. currently on tour with Ali Azimi. Uh, and he's got a new album coming out, a new bilingual album coming out that's Persian and uh, English. This is Paymon Salimi I'm talking about. Uh, Ali Azimi just put out his new album. <laughs> uh, Paymon's new album comes out, but Paymon is currently touring with Ali. He opens the show with some of his solo stuff, plays with the Ali Azimi band, uh, and Paymon will be performing wow. right here. That's awesome. Right where you guys are sitting. We will extricate you from the, <laughs> yes, the situation and put him in there. But before we get to Paymon Sally Me in about an hour from now, we've got Shali Zomaradi mm-hmm. coming up on the show, making her triumphant return uh, <laughs> After a while, to huh? Rook. It's, it's been, been a, you know, it's, it's been, been a, a couple of years. Yeah. Wow. Two years. That's how long we've been going here. Exactly two years almost. Yeah, it was exactly July of 2020. The beginning, yeah. The radiant, the wonderful um, Shali Zomardi, of course, uh, the anchor of um, Fox Morning News on, yep. in San Diego, um, but famously now, I feel like I feel like Shali Zomardi, just in the last two years She's, that we've yeah, been doing this show. She, I, don't you think? I do feel like that. She's way. like I a. I mean, people kind of knew her. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, the cool woman who's an anchor who does the Persian dancing." But, but now, now everybody knows her by name. She's like yeah. a superstar yeah. in the Persian yeah, community. Like everybody right? yeah. knows Shali by name. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Actually, and is that crazy? It is because I feel like she. It's because of us. <laughs> she did right. an interview with that's us. That's right. Uh, Post Rook, <laughs> next level. It wouldn't be her. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> wouldn't her be all the hard work she's done, other than this work. interview. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, Shali's got. Uh, she's. She, you know, part of. I think part of why people find her so amazing is because as soon as they scratch beneath the surface of her her cool dancing mm-hmm. and things like her fun dancing it, she's got a lot on the go yeah. she's got she's got her regular gig as an anchor she does all of these other things she of course has famously has a four kids and yeah. uh, and is very attentive to her family I was gonna I would pay for a master class on how Shali does all that four I know, kids I know. alone 
I gotta bring this up with her. I don't believe it. I think there's assistants. <laughs> I want to know the secret. I think there's a little army running around. <laughs> Maybe there's even more than one Shelly Zavardi. I'm know? surprised. Yeah, but she. But now she's got a book that she's written, um, a kids' book. Uh, about um, with the subtext of bullying and and how to get by as a unique it be kind of based on her own story, but I know what she's seen in her daughter and her kids, and um, it's just uh, it's, I guess it's just been published, self published, and um, she is appearing this weekend at the Seattle Iranian Festival with mm-hmm. that book. So we're going to talk about the book where Shali's at. She's going to be joining us from San Diego in just a few moments. You're excited about that, Shai? Of course, yes. About Shali, you mean, or about Payman? About Shali, I'm. Well, well, <laughs> well now you, I, I didn't think well, there was a distinction. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're excited about Payman. Of course, yeah, yeah. Have you ever performed with Payman? No, but I would love actually to work with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a great, uh, great guitarist, and yes. a, and he he's he, a great producer. He produces all the Ali Azimi of, records, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, it oh. sounds. Salimi and Azimi. And uh, that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Reza. And and um, Paymon's got such an interesting story because he's kind of a an Iranian of the diaspora now, but he left Iran almost 20 years ago, and first he goes to Italy. Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he, he's he's Iranian-Italian, mm-hmm. in fact. He's been, oh, wow. he was in Italy for over 10 years, mm-hmm. based out of Florence, where he had this uh, Firenze, you know, Florence. what you know as Firenze. That's right. Yeah. Might uh, I say I'm jealous? I wonder I know. what that was like. I know, and he, and he started a rock band in, in Florence, oh. and now he lives in Belgium. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I would move back to Florence. <laughs> yeah, you would. Sit in the sun. Sun. This guy writes music. Just it's lost our Belgian <laughs> audience. That was uh, <laughs> our yeah. growing, our burgeoning All Belgian. All five of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Hey, a big somewhere. thank you. A big thank you to Hamid Reza Safipour for helping to make this episode of Rook get to your ears and eyes wherever you're listening around the world. Hamid Safipour, Luxury Custom Homes. Look, if you're in the Toronto area, or an Iranian Canadian. You probably know the name Safipur, right? I've you heard guys the name. Are, sure. Yeah. Synonymous with luxury. That's so right. You would know. know. That's right. Ha, uh, so here's the story. Hami got his master's in civil engineering, um, got into the field of building and consulting on luxury homes over three decades ago. In the last 20 years, Team Hamid and Nina... That's his uh, partner team. Hamid and Nina have made the Safipur name one of the, the tops in the business, a name you can trust to buy your dream land and build your dream house. Safipur Luxury Homes have now teamed up with Remax, and they're also moving into doing exotic high-rises that are, from what I understand, are beyond things that we have seen in Toronto before. This is the, the, the new level of uh, where the bar is being set by Hamid Safipur. If you are thinking to buy or sell or build your dream house, if you're anywhere near the Toronto area or if you're interested in buying here, get in touch with Safipur. How do you spell Safipur? Quick, Kian. S-A-F-F-I. Nope. No? No? There's not two Fs. S-A-F-I-P-O-U-R. Close, but it's O-O, actually. Oh, you see? It's O-O-R, Safipur. Okay, a close. Safipur.com, simple as that, or 416-87... He's giving a phone number. Wow. Yeah. Call which is also awesome. the email you write, 416-876-4918, safipoor.com. Thank you to Hamid Reza Safipoor. Also, i got to tell you about this guy. A big thank you to Ali Kambari. 
for her for helping to make this episode of Rook possible. So Allie is the president of Cherry Street Coffee House mm. in Seattle. Now mm. I'm guessing if you are listening to us in Seattle right now, you know Cherry Street Coffee House. Because if you're on the west coast of the US, you, you know this awesome independent it's I don't want to say it's a chain because I know that each location is very unique, yeah. but I think there's four locations um, of Cherry Street Coffee House. It's all about culture and community. Um, and Ali built this coffee house and, and has fostered that sense of community. So Cherry Street Coffee House in Seattle. Ali is also the founder of the IACA, the nonprofit Iranian American Community Alliance. And he's the guy in Seattle who started organizing the Seattle Iranian Festival. Mm. Who knew? Right. Well, people in Seattle know because <laughs> it's been almost yeah. 20 years now. Yeah. But I mean, you know, yeah. who knew that? Who I mean, I, there's a there's a burgeoning Persian community in Seattle. And we've done Babak Khiafchi, Hazi Paratovi. Like we've talked to some folks yes. who were in, in Seattle. But um, so there's this Iranian, Seattle Iranian Festival. It's this weekend coming up, June 25th. Seattle is a beautiful place. I've never, I've never been. been. Oh, it's no. it's beautiful. I mean, it's West Coast, you know, yeah. West Coast beauty. I like it. But it's kind of. I love it actually. It like reminds it. me. It's very architecturally beautiful and. Uh, Chicago. Uh, no. It's by, on the waterfront. It's I on mean, the water. Absolutely. Yeah. I Not quite as hippy dippy as like Portland, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or but um, but super gray though. That's that's one thing that kind of drew is me it? away. Have you been? I've heard we... someone once told me it has. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say someone this. or someone. <laughs> someone <laughs> once told me when she speaks. I don't know if she's talking about her fiance. Someone once told me that it has the highest suicide rate because it's gray most wow, of the time. I probably shouldn't say that out. Terrible. Yeah, that is, well, it's a disincentive for people. But it's wonderful. No, no, it's wonderful. People, I like that you. You've never been there. I've never been no, there. No, no, that's, that's, no, that's what, why I didn't it's go. It's true that the West Coast in general, this is true of Vancouver as yeah. well, where, that because the weather is more conducive to being outside all year round, mm-hmm. it, it, there, there are folks who um, couldn't survive in the winter on the streets of Montreal or something, you know, yeah. who go out to the West Coast mm-hmm. because it's... Uh, um, so then maybe a more homeless or what are we talking I about? Know, Why did you go there? I don't know. This poor I, Seattle's <laughs> anyway, a beautiful I city. Go to this yeah. coffee place. Yeah. Well, apparently you might want to commit but suicide. Also, according did you to know that Starbucks started in Seattle? Yes. So oh. may, I'm, it makes me want to go to this coffee see, house. That's what you should have said. I wouldn't Leon, even. That's lead right. Lead with that next time. It's Cherry Street Coffee House, the C- Seattle Iranian Festival, a beautiful city. Yes. Jesus, I mean, I ruined it. I know. We got know. this. We, I'd love to. There's go, actually yeah. a lot this of people car. listening to us in Seattle. Yeah, right. We've lost Belgium. <laughs> I mean, Keon is just like it's like she um, Belgium. You know like the game where the, the whack a mole, like you go to the <laughs> go to like a music park and you have to hit the mole. <laughs> the she just knocks off all of our fans. Does not let yeah. one uh, slide. This is what I've heard about Seattle, but I'm sure it's beautiful. I'd love to visit. Great. Didn't Nirvana also start in yes. Seattle? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of yeah. cool Another stuff. Another you could have led with. Yeah. Back in the '90s, uh, my band we played in the bar that uh, Nirvana started. In. Wow. No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in really Seattle. Cool. I mean, the whole the whole uh, grunge movement basically started mm. there, yeah. right? Because also Pearl Jam and yeah, yeah. Soundgarden. I think they were all Seattle bands. Huh. Yeah. Well, there you go, Seattle. 
Yeah. It's a great city. <laughs> Have you been Shaya? Yes, yes. I lived. I mean, I was there for a month actually. Oh, and, a and month? Yeah, yeah. I was. You in Seattle for yeah, a month? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Did you ever go to Cherry Street Coffee House? No, oh. I, yeah, I didn't have a chance to You're go lost. there. But I, I went to Bruce Lee's shrine. Is uh-huh. there and like Jimmy? Uh, Bruce Lee's Maybe? shrine? Yeah, I mean, is in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I wonder what that connection is. I think he was born in Seattle. <laughs> Bruce Lee? Yeah, Bruce Lee was born in. Bruce Lee is American. He was born in Seattle. Oh, really? But you guys didn't okay, notice? Well. His, his okay, father was a American. <laughs> we are way, way, that. way off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going, I'm, I'm checking this yeah. out. Bruce Lee. I think no, he's born. American for sure. Yeah, but, but I think he was, he was born, born in San Francisco. San Francisco. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. My bad, my bad. No, but, West Coast. But, yeah, you were West close. Coast. Yeah. yeah. Close enough. Yeah. But yeah. I think he, he he's shrine. I mean, what do his grave? What his his tablet? His tablet? Obviously. Okay. Well. <laughs> we've learned a lot about Seattle today. So this, listen. If this doesn't get our fans <laughs> in Seattle, our our our. <laughs> fledgling following in Seattle is either loving this or angry at us right now. Oh. I love Persian community in Seattle. Thank yeah. you, Shai. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I also really, I really, I've been to Seattle a few times and really, really liked it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, to me, it was kind of like if you took Toronto, mm. some of the best qualities of Toronto, yeah. it's, it's smaller than Toronto, but you took Toronto and put it on the West Coast, on the, oh. on the ocean. Isn't that Vancouver? <laughs> No, Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver's right. beautiful, and the vibe, and th- that's the thing. I don't feel like Seattle is as West Coast oh, man as you know. Yeah. People don't talk slower the way they do. I in, see. Now we've so lost so Vancouver. Whack them all! Whack them all! Yeah. Thank you to Ali Khambari. Uh, Seattle Iranian Festival. Well, he got a 15-minute promo. Right? <laughs> Listen, man, you know. Was it a promo, though? <laughs> it was everything. I like Keon. Of Seattle. Isn't that the place where people kill themselves? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> what do I know? I've never been, and that's what no, I heard about She revealed all the good stuff. About that's Seattle. right. That's right. We all talked about Seattle. Yeah. All right. There you go. Hey, later in the show, maybe right after Shally, I want to bring in a, there's a, a Rook team member mm-hmm. whose birthday is today oh. and who celebrated his first Father's oh, Day. I know Because I think it's his about. first, yeah, this is the first Father's yeah, Day when right. he's been a father. Oh. So we'll have to bring him in for yeah, a little uh, birthday celebration. Yesterday was Father's Day and I was thinking about my dad. Oh. Yeah, okay, a lot nice. yesterday. May he rest in peace. I mean, yeah, may he rest in peace for sure. Yeah, my dad, sure. it's been uh, about, about eight years now mm-hmm. since he died and my dad had a really hard life, you know. Uh, you wouldn't know it if you met him. He was kind of the life of the party. He was the life of the party in Persian. Mm-hmm. Uh, in <laughs> in English, some of the jokes didn't land as well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like still good though. I think it's all but, Persian but, dads. but he would laugh at the jokes, <laughs> and so then you would laugh because okay. he was laughing. Uh, but in Persian, he was amazing. Anyway, he he had a tough like you know, as you guys know, um, born in Abadan, Khuzestan, and and. Um, uh, his dad was an industrialist, but his dad died, uh, my grandfather, when my dad was 15, and my dad had seven siblings, oh. and my dad was the oldest. Oh, so gosh. he basically became the de facto father. man, the father of the yeah. family. Um, had to put himself through school, had to run the business. Um, 
all they moved to Tehran. There's there's eight kids and uh, or seven kids, seven or eight kids, and and then the second oldest uh, who's suffering from a. Um, uh, a disease that kind of uh, affected them, uh, uh, um, drowned in their pool, and oh, the wow. and the uh, yeah, my, my dad's in his twenties, and Gosh. and you know my dad is just has to help the family do so. And one of the reasons why I always think about that first wave of immigrants, and I'm so so honored and blown away by what the the Iranian immigrants that first wave who came in the 60s and 70s pre pre revolution and one of the reasons I have my dad's name tattooed on my arm is because you know my dad did two things one he left with my mom um, way before you know, uh, I mean, he, he they left on the presumption that they wanted to try and build a good life for the kids that they were going to have. Uh, of course, they thought they might return to Iran. That didn't happen after the revolution, obviously. But they came west with that. But my dad also, you know, the family, uh, there was a there's a certain status the family had in Iran. He said to his siblings who stayed in Iran, I don't want anything. I'm going to go build a new life in another place so mm-hmm. so he he left everything that had been built uh in to to the family in iran and i think about people migrating at that time and uh obviously you guys have migrated mm-hmm. but more recently and and i migrated from england to canada yeah. but but think about you know the 60s or the 70s think about leaving iran Going and my mom and dad went to first they went to Scotland and then they go wow. down to London. This is a time when you can't. We've talked about this a little bit on the show yeah. before, but you can't. You know, you're not going to get to to England and and hop on Instagram oh, and and no. see how your friends are doing. I mean, or yeah. or contact people or you know even no. I mean, long they, distance phone calls back. Not even phone. Like, you couldn't even do phone, phone calls. calls they were so prohibitively expensive yeah, that um, basically that you would have to. They arrived in in the UK and would write a letter yeah. and then wait for weeks to get. Yeah. A le- yeah. So it's it's a form of migration that we will never experience, yeah. right? I mean, we will never know what it's like to go, I could move to Shanghai tomorrow mm-hmm. and I'd be like talking to you guys on yeah. WhatsApp and yeah. oh, it's pretty cool and, and Googling things. I mean, this, so I think about these pioneers mm-hmm. of, of, it really wasn't that long ago, but of, of Iranian migration and for someone like my dad who'd been through so much, had taken on so much responsibility, uh, you know, there was no partying for my dad in his teens and 20s, you know, yeah. and by his mid-30s, he leaves Iran. Uh, and then it commits himself to building this new lifestyle for his family, in first in, in uh, England, and then in Canada at a time also when we've talked about where it, there wasn't as big an immigrant community here, there wasn't as big an Iranian community, that's mm-hmm. for sure. So he was building from scratch, you know, and dealing with the requisite, chauvinism or prejudices or whatever that were that come with being a, a middle eastern person in the 80s and 90s here you know post hostage crisis and all of that heavy accent uh and i just think um what a life you know and yeah. my dad by his last 20 years was this sage man who was just all about love he'd become very liberal in his thinking in terms of some of the social conservatism that he had from the old country had had sort of melted away and and he was just this wise lovely man that everybody wanted to be around you know Mm -hmm. and uh 
he built that through his life. You know, he kind of, he, he continued to evolve. People are not stuck in whoever they are when they're 20 or 30 yeah. or 40 or 50. He just kept evolving. Anyway, I didn't mean, intend to tell this long story about my dad, but I was thinking about, about him yesterday. I'm sure you guys were, um, everybody was thinking about their dads, yeah. you know, but the, there's something about that, those first waves of Iranian dads. Yeah. We talk a lot about the power, the importance, the centrality of Iranian moms. Yeah. yeah. But those Iranian dads yeah. who was yeah. kind of all on him, this guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, one of my best friends is actually we migrated like we we, we met here, but he uh, he's much older than me and he's got a family. He migrated to Canada, stayed here for five or six years without his family while his family was back yeah. home, yeah. trying to sponsor them. He would send money. Yeah. He was I remember he was he he would he he was living in a one like a shared apartment like he was. That's that's one what my room. dad did. Yeah, my dad moved he here to Canada money. nine months before us, ah, so we go. were yeah, in. Yeah, a, yeah. There's a whole other exactly. story about how yeah. how strong and brave I think my mom was, who that's was like crazy. sticking, holding down the fort. She had to sell the house in London and everything. Mm. My dad had moved here. And I remember he would once a week he would call us wow. at six p.m. on Sundays, wow. and and wow. uh, <laughs> I told this story crazy. before about how I was afraid that. Uh, yeah, do you remember why I was afraid? Uh, he grew up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he grew I wrote about it in my book. I was so afraid that when we come to Canada, I kept on seeing my dad would have a beard, <laughs> and years? I don't know why that would scare me. You know, but I. But how many years did you uh, like? Were you guys? apart I think nine no in, about a year nine a months year. yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. so he moved ahead of us and and kind of set up the yeah. idea was he was gonna set up shop here yeah, but yeah. Ex- what exactly exactly what your it. friends talking yeah. about yeah. lived in a little apartment and 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 so yeah, my parents yeah. are apart for nine months and again there's like one phone call a week there That's is not crazy. a lot of yeah. you know they're not flying back and forth yeah. or whatever yeah, I was away from my parents too. I mean, it's Father's Day too, so shout out to my dad and all the great dads who. Uh, is your dad not here? He is here. Oh, yes, he here, and he listens to the show every okay. now and again. Yeah. He doesn't understand all of it, but my mom tries to translate incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's uh, no shout out to both of them. But uh, I was thinking about it. I'm um, uh, actually the other day uh, that the past like s- ten years really hasn't been like I haven't felt like the the not not being in touch with my parents as much mm-hmm. and especially more so like the last five or six years even more so because FaceTime technology yes, as you yes, said yes. like you don't feel the distance yes. and disconnect yes I'm talking even Shali's Omar D who uh, is coming up in a, in a second in fact we should get to her but but even I don't feel that I feel like I know her mm-hmm. because I'm seeing her on social media and I, obviously you can't believe everything but you know it, it, there we feel closer to people mm-hmm. and certainly family that you're in touch with exactly. you're facetiming with it's a totally different, a different animal ball game. From, yeah different ball game like people celebrate Father's Day right now over zoom with each other here's Are a simple thing here's that. a simple thing you know what people look like now <laughs> right true. you know people like, like in yeah. the back in the day yeah, like literally and we're not even talking like even 20 years ago you, even you would have to wait yeah, you would go i wonder what reza back in tehran <laughs> looks like i yeah. haven't seen him in two years yeah. right yeah, yeah. You, you know you get drunk in the middle of the night and you facetime <laughs> your cousin you're like what are you doing <laughs> shy did you reach out to your dad for father's day or no it no? wasn't father's day in iran oh that's right. oh yeah i did that by the way i i called my dad yesterday i was like happy father's day he's like Father's name is <laughs> Oh my god, okay, never mind. <laughs> he was insulted. It's different in Iran. Father's Day is on a, a different, different day. day yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's, it's like uh, Arabic day. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. Uh, let's not start. Let's not open that can of worms. <laughs> 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 Got a, we're, someone here sitting we're with coming the sword. to you on rookmedia.com. It's there that you can link to all of our platforms. We are on an ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Castbox. If you'd like to see some visuals with Rook, switch over to YouTube. If you like your Rook descriptions and bulletins in English and Persian, check us out on Telegram. And you can become a patron of this program. Support us by pressing the support us button at our website, rookmedia.com. If you haven't been there, visit it, please. Rookmedia.com. Everything Rook, all of our old uh, uh, programs, different programs, uh, funnies, videos, they're all there. All right. See you on the other side. Let's get to our first feature guest. Uh, my first feature guest today is an American award-winning journalist and anchor of Iranian descent. Shali Zomorodi has been recognized as the face of Fox 5 Morning News in San Diego for more than a decade. She was born and raised in California, graduated from California State University Fullerton, where she received degrees in communication and political science. Before joining Fox News San Diego, Shali worked as a video journalist, reporter, producer, news assistant, anchor for numerous news programs and television stations. Through her work, she has interviewed many politicians and celebrities. And now, Shali adds author to her list of accomplishments. She recently published a fine little book entitled Myla, Caterpillars Become Butterflies. It's very charming, and it has lovely animations for children struggling with bullying and racism, although I think it's a good lesson for adults as well. This coming weekend, June 25th, Shali is appearing at the Seattle Iranian Festival. But first, right now, Shali Zomaradi joins me once again from San Diego, California. Hello! I applaud for myself. You just made me feel so old, Gian. Thank you. Wait, which part of that made you feel old? I did, I did this and then I did this. And it's like the older you get, the longer that list becomes of all the things that we've done. And you and there was still stuff missing from it. <laughs> so you're you're half uh, you're half angry at me for listing them all, and half <laughs> angry that I missed it. I mean, a guy can't catch a break. You are the busiest woman in show business, right? I am. I am fairly busy. Yes, I. I feel like there's just so much I want to do, and there's just not enough time during the day. An unending appetite, it seems, you have for uh, all of the things you do. I'm still convinced that it's all a lie. Like there's 14 assistants running around and Red Bulls everywhere. You know, I, I can't believe you're just you. Okay, I don't drink Red Bull. Number one and number two, I don't do like assistants. I have a lot of family around me. I have like good people around me, but I, I'm baffled with the stories that people come up with that I do this and I have like all this. Now nah, it's just me, me, crazy me, crazy me. What about child labor? It's germane to today's conversation. Do you have the kids working for you? Is that part of what's going on wow, here? Wow, that's a good idea. I should put my kids to work. <laughs> Uh, let me start with first of all. I want to talk about. I mean, there's a couple of things that we're going to talk about the Seattle Festival and your. And I want to mention your cooking show before we end off too. But talking about this book, Myla, Caterpillars Become Butterflies. I'll get into all that's wonderful about it, but I have a bone to pick. Um, for who, who will speak for poor caterpillars? Why are we? Why do we always want to be butterflies? Can we not be a caterpillar in the corner of the bar enjoying a pint, minding our own business? We do, and the whole point of all this, this book, which is right here, by the way, is that we're beautiful as caterpillars, and somebody tells us that we're not 
good. Even though caterpillars are just as beautiful as these big butterflies. So, you know, I, I was, when I started to write this book, it was something that I wanted to do for, ugh, for a, a million years and it was on the back burner, it was on the back burner. And then now that my kids are in school, I'm, they're starting to come home and the stories are, mom, he said my face is like this, mm. or why is your eyebrow, like my daughter, came and said, they said, why is my eyebrow like this? Why do I have hair everywhere? And that was it for me. Mm. I'm like, okay, mommy's gonna go to work. And it took me a few years and it was quite the journey, but this is a half story of myself growing up and watching my kids growing up now in school and the stuff that I hear kids say to them. And it's just to, I'm hoping as a reminder, and Gian, let me tell you, when this book came out, let's put aside the kids that I met when I do these book signings and you see the tears mm. swelling up in their eyes when they see me and they drop their head and they say, Sholly, they, they, they're mean to me at school or they make fun of my eyebrows or whatnot. Gian, the adults that collapse into my arms mm. with tears and say, Sholly, I never turned into a butterfly. Mm. And I'm holding them and I'm like, no, but honey, you're beautiful. You're that beautiful caterpillar butterfly. What are you talking about? And it's amazing that how many people uh, carry that pain through their whole entire lives from childhood yes. all the way to adults. Yeah, I, I, I do uh, feel I'm, I'm more of a large large nosed caterpillar than a uh, uh, <laughs> than a butterfly it suits my brand better i think but uh, let me unpack what some of what you've just said because first of all it I, I i'm not surprised you're getting that reaction the the book um it's a slight book it's not a huge tome people can uh, you know some people are afraid of books these days don't be afraid of this one you can read it quite quickly you can read it with your kids but but it really has a lovely spirit to it i wonder when you thought about writing something like this. She said, I've had this idea for years. Um, and in our last chat, when when I interviewed you a couple of years ago, we went through your story and how, um, despite being you know, the superstar in the Persian community and beyond and in Southern California, well-known as an anchor uh, now, and despite being a beauty queen, literally, you know, the Orange County uh, beauty queen, all of that, that you, you struggled with some of this, not fitting in, not feeling like you were pretty, all of that when you were young. When you first conceived of writing something like this, did you conceive of it as, oh, this is going to be a Shali memory? or did you always see it as a kid's book? It was always a kid's book. It was always something I wanted to do for kids, but it was using, um, you know, the one eyebrow of Sholly, because that was kind of me, um, and the, the curly hair, because it, it, I'm like a combo of me, and then I'm looking at my daughter, and then I'm looking at my son, and I'm hearing all these stories, and all of this just kind of came together is one, I'm like, wow, things haven't changed much since when I went to school. What can we learn from that? What can I teach my kids? Mm. How can I teach them to, what do I tell them when somebody says this? Because nobody really, I remember my dad used to tell me, tell the kids that your eyes are so big so that you can see right through them. Mm. And I tried that and I mean, they would laugh at me, but, and now I've learned so much that I tell my kids, you know, a different narrative. I tell them how to handle things a little differently because yes, some things are the same, 
But man, our world has changed since I was a kid. Let me ask you about you, because this is, a, if you've talked about it being a combo of you, you have a daughter named Shyla. So Myla is, is half Shyla, Shyla, half, half Shyla. Did you, just, just remind us, I mean, you, you, is it really true that nobody wanted to be friends with Shyla's Omaradu when you, when you were a kid? Oh, Gian, I got stood up at dances. I remember asking like, the cute boy out on a date and he would just like run the other way yes it's very true i had a really hard time i remember during international day i wanted to like showcase the culture from the other side of the world and i would put on my dance costume and like dance they would throw gum at me Mm. in my hair so yes i was very and where i grew up a lot of blonde blue eye very different and then here comes shali with Dark, dark hair, one eyebrow, very, it was just different mm. where, when I was growing up. I mean, things have changed now in Southern California. It's like Tehran everywhere. So you feel <laughs> much more coming. Like my kids, it's very normal for them to have a lot of other Iranians in school. Well, let, let me ask you, let me ask you about that. Because when you talk about seeing your kids go through the same stuff, I mean, the orthodox expectation would be that people of our generation had it much harder when we were kids, especially as Iranian immigrants, you know, after the revolution, the hostage crisis, whereas kids today enjoy life more of a mosaic uh, and get a lot of reinforcement that being unique is okay, even good these days. Do you notice that with your kids? Is it true that they might have it easier or or in what ways do you see the same things happening with them? It's a great question. I think that in some ways they have it a lot easier. I don't think they're as, I don't want to say the word embarrassed. They're much more proud to say that they're Iranian. I mean, when International Day comes up, they roll out that go do, 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 do Iran. Like it's they're so proud of it, and it makes me so happy to say, Mommy, can you come and celebrate Nowruz in our class for us? I love, I love all that. Having said that, Gian, this generation of kids is dealing with a whole host of other very serious issues that I think come in the world of mental health and just, and just society and values mm. and depression and anxiety. Not that I'm saying we didn't have that back then, but there's definitely something funky going on right now, for mm. sure, with mm. our kids. How does, given that Shyla is being name-checked as, as part of the inspiration for this book, tell me about how, I'm, I'm imagining, I mean, you're such a good mom, we see that even, you know, in your in your activities on social media tend to be, there tends to be a lot of family-oriented stuff. I feel like I know your family, I'm sure um, many people around the world who follow you do. I'm guessing you probably sat down with Shyla and said, how do you feel about me talking about you being an inspiration for this book? What did she say? Oh, she loved it. And she hold Myla's in her room. She sleeps with Myla. She's not as keen to me um, sharing her videos and images as much on social. Even my little one, Shaden, has picked up when mommy's recording. And there's few people that have... I think notice that I share sometimes a lot less um, with the kids. Um, they're, as they're getting older, I think they've, they've realized people know them. Mm. And I'm respectful when they come to me and say, Mommy, no, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to share this. Or don't take a photo of me. So if you see less of my kids, that's why. And sometimes they want to be on. Um, so no, I'm not that mom that like, puts them in there. Shyla loves to dance at home. She doesn't like to be recorded all the time. Where she was a baby, she was always, mm-hmm. you know, dancing. But this book, and I'm hoping that what I did with this 
And I hope it inspires a lot of people to do things that you can leave something with yourself, with the kids, with, with people's children. This is something that I said, you know what? My cousin, by the way, who I haven't seen in 40 years, who lives in Iran, illustrated this. Oh, Azadeh is your cousin? Azad is my cousin. Mm. I did a search on social media when I decided to do this. I wanted to find the illustrator on social media. So I put it out there. I said, look, I'm writing a children's book. How cool would this be if I can find somebody who would like to do this with me? And then I came to find out that my first cousin, who I haven't seen in 40 years, um, is an artist. And we worked together for over a year on WhatsApp and Telegram and while I'm driving to work at four in the morning, having conversations with her. And we, she illustrated the entire book. And I remember when this book finally printed and it came out, I, we, it was a very emotional moment for both of us. And mm. I said, Azadeh, like, I haven't seen you in 40 years. Like, look what we just left for our kids. Mm. And we were able to do this on the other side of the planet without being in the same room, not even for a minute. And through technology and Zooms and Skypes and all this, we, we left something for our kids that will always, nobody will ever take this from us. Yeah. By Shali, illustrated by Azadeh. Yeah, what an amazing story. Yeah. I, I mean, a, a part of what's great about this is that you you if it feels like it's something that you're living you you it's hard to it's hard to find the book patronizing or top down or something when it's it's kind of a story that you've you've embodied people tell myla she's not going to make it in the world um can, can you relate to that yes i mean that's the story of my life they told me i was never going to make it and hi friends <laughs> we're here <laughs> we're doing it we're living the dream and I mean, this book, even for, I've had so many grown-ups that message me and say, Shali, I'm still being bullied today. Gian, I am bullied on social media on an hourly, minute-by-minute minute basis. Are. You yeah. are? Are you kidding me? Well, yes. I, I'm not. No, I guess I could. I mean, but it's just, you're, there's so much overwhelming love for you that I, but I bet you, you focus on the bad stuff probably, right? No, you see I the bad ones? focus on the bad stuff, but regardless of who you are and how strong you are, mm. I'm a pretty strong cookie. I've been doing this for a really, really long time and my skin is pretty tough. Having said that, I'm still a human. Mm. I still have emotions. I, I, I can still hurt. And when you open your phone every day, yes, there's an overwhelmingly amount of love, but sometimes that rage and that hate can, it can hurt sometimes, mm. you know? I'm not uh, immune to that. What do they bully you for at this stage? Oh gosh, there's all kinds of bullies that just hide behind this computer. I mean, it's in my book. Computers is, are now where they hide. Yeah. They hide behind a computer, behind an account that has no photo, some made up name. And, um, you know, people still even from here that live in the States, I've had a handful of messages telling me people to go back to my country. Right. Um, to people on the other side of the world that said, like, I can't stand you dancing another minute. You're making me crazy. I mean, they say it in worse language. But, yeah, you know. it's true. How dare you dance so much? How That's, dare <laughs> I dance so much? Dancing it's, is so It's such bad. a funny thing with, uh, 
it's, it's such a funny thing with social media where almost you know 99% of the criticisms can be answered with why do you why don't you stop following me why don't you stop looking you know go somewhere else right the funniest thing is they say um, unfollow and I can't stand you and then they list everything that you've done for the past four years <laughs> and then you go to their account you're like who is this and they're still following you and they're right, 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 still right. watching you and it's right, okay right. because I I know um, with everything that I do whether it's the book and the dancing and and now I'm very immersed in the world of mental health and mental well-being that either you're going to relate with me because you see the light and you see things that I'm doing and your glasses are mm -hmm. in the same shade as myself, mm -hmm. or I'm triggering something in you. Mm. I'm triggering. I had a message from a woman, Gian, um, who was like this long, came from an anonymous account, one of those no pictures again. And she right. said, Shali, I hate you so much. I hate you dancing, you get on my nerves, your laugh gets on my nerves. You're just getting on my nerves. And one day I asked myself, why do I hate Shali so much? And then she started to go on and say, you know, I'm having these issues with my dad. And then she started to explain, just went on and on about her sister, that she's having some financial issues. And then she said, there was one day that the light bulb just went on. And I said, oh my gosh, I hate Shali because I wish that I was free to live like her, to laugh like her, mm. to love like her, to dance like her. Right. I wish I had right. that freedom. So I want to apologize to you, Shali, for hating on you. And I want to apologize on behalf of all these people that do this to you. Please know that um, it's because they're not happy with themselves in their life. I mean, that's just yeah. the, the gist yeah. of it. It's not, and, but, it's not even really about you in a case like that. You're an avatar for for something that they're feeling, yeah. Yeah, so. Let, let, let me ask you how you navigate as a mother and, and, as a, and as the author of this book, how you navigate the idea that not everything is bullying. So, you know, um, it's so important and great, and I, and I kind of wish that we had this more of this when we were kids, you know, which wasn't that long ago, but, you know, even even two, three decades ago, four dec decades ago, there was less focus on on bullying. There was less focus on on um, the, the positivity of being unique. Uh, and yet, I, I also would not want, we don't want a, a new generation that thinks every everyone who disagrees with them or criticizes or has an idea that's different from theirs is bullying them, you know? H how do you teach them that uh, critical thinking is okay or somebody disagreeing with you is okay and that that's not bullying, but these are the things that are? That's a great question. And that is a conversation that we have every day in this house. I have four kids, myself and my husband, have six personalities in this house. And we are constantly talking about the fact that not all of us are going to agree. Not all of us are going to like the same things. Not all of us want the same things. But there's still, Gian, a kindness that we can have that I think it's crossing the line. I don't like a lot of things. I don't like a lot of people. Don't mistake the... Oh, anti-bullying means that you just got to say everybody is so good and yay for everybody and everybody gets a trophy. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. 
I'm constantly teaching my kids, honey, this, you don't win everything in life. Mm. Life is about falling down and then learning to get back up again. When life yeah. is pain. Life mm. is pain. Right? But what are you going to do with that pain? I just want to teach my kids, have an opinion, be respectful about it. Disagree, be respectful about it. There is a point where bullying becomes so much about intimidating and scaring and pushing somebody down mm. that I don't want my kids ever to be a part of, ever to make somebody feel, ever to make somebody feel that way. I just don't think mm. it's necessary. You can disagree with somebody and not grind them into a ground. That I mean, that's just, that's my opinion. How do, how do they deal with each other on that question? I mean, do they... Um, does do any of your kids have more trouble with that than others in terms of taking disagreeing or taking criticism or or um, it, making sure that they, they don't bully each other? Um, I think my little one, Shaden, who's three, I call him Mr. Goldor. I see that personality coming up in him. My second one, Arshan, um, I work with him a lot because you can see he was the second one, so he tries to like bully his way around his siblings. But we just had a conversation last night at like 9.30 at night. I'm trying to teach these little souls how to listen to one another. And I was telling Shaila, they were having a disagreement about who looked at who first and then And then I, I commended her for looking at my son and listening to him and not interrupting him. And then speak your mind. And then tell him how you're feeling. The one thing that I'm learning, Gian, so much as I'm diving into the world more and more and I'm trying to use this platform that I've created in the world of mental, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. wellness, mm -hmm. being because I, I see every day in my life working as a journalist and especially doing news for four or five hours a day, I see people, for the most part, their pain in their life. And a lot yes. of this, the source of it, Stress, anxiety, depression. Look at all these shootings that we've had recently. Yes. Um, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm leaning into this as much as I can. And with every psychologist, psychiatrist, all these experts that have been studying this their entire lives, one of the foundations of this is learning how to express yourself and to talk about things and sit with mm. these emotions. And that's what I'm trying to teach my kids to do right now, is what do you do in the face of anger? What do you do when you're faced with pain, deception, uh, fear? These, these are the things that I think maybe all of us didn't learn when we were kids. We were just kids and we just watched people and learned, but now I'm really trying to be mindful about how I teach them. Mm. So I can release these little four, as I say, jigars in the world, and maybe they mm. can go out and change the world a little bit. Let me let me come back to a strand on that in just a second. But um, I just wanted to ask you a bit more about the, the book. I, I'm, it's interesting. You 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 self published this book, yes. um, and I I kind of love how DIY that is. You know, do it yourself. You're um, that's part of your whole 
you know, I mean, back to the joke about you having all the assistance and everything. You, um, you, you are somebody who likes to do the things yourself and and involve those close to you. As you've now talked about your cousin being the uh, um, helping with the animations and the drawings and the illustrations. But why why self publish? You could have probably easily attracted a major publisher to this, given your large fan base now and and your pedigree. Uh, tell me about that decision. I like it, my pedigree. <laughs> I this I wanted to do this on my own, and I actually reached out to so many people who were self publishing, and I, I wanted to learn the process. And it was fascinating publishing this book on my own, learning how to format, how to find somebody, where to publish, the mistakes that I made. Now, maybe the third book, because this won't be the last book I write. I'm already working on something pretty big that's coming out, hopefully in the next uh, nine months. And maybe next time, because of the lessons that I learned here, so you know what, this time I'm going to have somebody else handle it for me. Um, but I also found out in self-publishing, there's more profit that I can keep from these books. Hell yeah. If I do yeah. it myself. And we use the money um, from these books as a tool to donate back to so many different uh, charities. And I, I wanted this to be a tool for that. I'd rather, that's why you don't see it on Amazon. Because you sell it on Amazon. If you're ever thinking about putting your book up, I wouldn't have made more than... A few dimes, yeah, yeah, on that book. Although I just want to issue a warning to people out there that it is easier, not easier, but it is um, more beneficial if you're self-publishing to have the kind of following that you have. I mean, it, it, to have to have a platform, which you already have, to let people know. You know, folks who self-publish normally and don't have a, a gazillion followers on, on social media, for example, nobody finds out about the book i mean that's you you usually seek a major publisher to be able to get that book in the on the stand in the airport or at the cafe or whatever um but you still it, it still would have been easier for you to get random house or penguin or whatever to do all that work and yeah you take a little share so it's i thought it was a really inspired decision on your part it's my first book i mean it is it was I did this all on my own. The idea came up on my own. I had a lot of late nights that thought, maybe I'll do it differently next time. But this journey and learning through all of these things, everything that I do, whether it was the pageants that I did many, many years ago, whether it's the book, whether it's the concrete and conference mental health awareness that I'm starting to do, all of this is a journey and I'm learning something from it. And I actually enjoy this process and it felt so good at the end when I set my mind to it, I don't care how long it took. It's almost like with the daft that I'm learning that drum thing. Oh, oh my goodness, it's like. I'm sure, I'm sure the family's enjoying that. I'm, I'm starting a band, Gian. I got everybody <laughs> on an instrument in this house. Mark my words, in 15 years, I'm gonna put you at the front row of our concert and you're gonna be like, look what she did, look what she I did. I can't wait. I was more referring to the what it must sound like to hear somebody practicing the daft <laughs> I know 10 hours a day. I know what you were referring to. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a doll named Myla as well, is that true? Yeah, You've got guess, something about you're gonna have a doll and a book coming out at the same time? Yeah, my, what, doll, my doll did come out. I have, uh, uh, Myla is, a doll so watching my Shyla, she always carries a little doll under her arm 
So I had this one also created. I did it on my own. Uh, found somebody that could duplicate this, and you can get the book and the doll. Um, and what's this? I didn't understand. I saw you on some live saying that you're going to. Uh, maybe I got this wrong. I don't want to throw you under the bus. You're you're going to deliver the book and sign it for people. Like you'll personally turn up and do that. Is that something you're planning to do because you have so much time on your hands? Jihan, yes, of course. I mean, I made it for the people I want to see my friends. And you call them followers. I think it's the creepiest word. Like when people say they follow me, I'm like, please don't say that. Say we're friends on social. I hope we're friends and you're not one of the, um, as I call them, the salty, salty ones. I consider, I consider myself a follower of yours. Not don't, a friend. don't say a that, disciple, John, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love doing book signings, so... I was excited when they asked me to do the Seattle Festival, which I've never been to Seattle, so this is kind of cool in all these years. They asked if I would bring my book up. So yes, I'm taking my book up in opportunities like this when I go out. I sign the book, you can get the doll in the book, and I'll write a little note, and you'll have to get the book to see the note that I leave in the in the front cover. Yeah, that's. I really wanted to make sure we mentioned that a couple of times before I let you go, which is that this weekend you're at this Seattle Iranian festival. First of all, I love that there's a apparently a, a wonderful festival in Seattle uh, that's the Seattle Iranian festival that's been going on for almost a couple of decades. Shali will be there June 25th. I know there's a bunch of people who listen to us uh, in the, the northwest of, of the U.S., so if you're anywhere near Seattle, uh, run, don't walk. Get yourself to uh, Seattle this weekend for the Seattle Iranian festival. Shali's just part of that. Listen, before I go, let me, let me ask you a couple of general questions. You, I mean, this kind of is part of the book, but you, you are notoriously positive. I mean, seeing you uh, on social media is always an exercise in this whirlwind of great energy, smiles, positivity. I'm, I'm assuming that's a conscious decision. Right. Tell tell me about about that. About the decision to not, you know, show yourself down. Do you show yourself when I you're down? I have shown myself down. I have shown myself without makeup. I have shown myself in struggles. Um, I have tried to show myself as real as I possibly. I'm not putting on a facade for even though some think that I'm showing off or whatever they're thinking. I I'm trying to show the realities of what. My life as a news anchor, mom to four, somebody mm. who 20 plus years has been getting up in the middle of the night, somebody who's been married for 17 years. I am very open about the struggles in my life. Mm. I talk about the fact that I go to a, a psychologist every few weeks I have for many years for my own mental well-being and balance. And it is a conscious decision. And I mentioned this to you last time, I think when we did uh, this podcast and I tell mm. a lot of people, I watch people's lives change like this every single day. Yeah. People get in car accidents, people who fa lose family members to illnesses, war that happens, accidents that happen every single day, Gian, for more than 20 years. So when I see people living in such pain and realizing that a lot of times it's not even in their control, I make a conscious decision in my life, even when it's hard sometimes, because it is hard sometimes mm -hmm, to do it, mm -hmm. to shift and live in this world rather than this world. I can live in this world. It would be very easy for me to live in this world. 
so you're doing something with your hands and I'm like the, this world being a more um, positive positive outlook, world kind of, yeah. um, optimistic world um, just a higher energy uplifting world well, well that that's kind of where I was going with it I didn't mean to, to suggest at all that you're not authentic because that is ex- all of what you are but that th- that it seems to me that you believe and I we I hear this sometimes, especially in the Iranian community. Like, I think some of what connects with people, some of what's resonating with uh, with people from Shali's Amarji is that they, they, they is that you provide a relief. Is that we can be shod, we can feel uh, positive, we can we can enjoy our, we can we can um, celebrate our families, we can dance, we can do it because there is, to be fair, so much for us to be. Uh, sad or frustrated or miserable about um, that we almost need to consciously create the conditions where we can find a balance and I think you that's what you help with I hope that's what I'm helping with because I mean it's it's exhausting what I do to open up my life like this knowing that there's eyes there and this energy is constantly pumping out and coming back in um, Gian, if you live in that positive world and you're happy and you dance, what tends to happen afterwards? The people around you might start to feel that. You might mm. start to feel stronger in your life. You might start to be more motivated to do a little bit more in your life. So if you choose to take that route, I can. I would put my money down that fast forward a few years, you're going to make some pretty big shifts and changes in your world if you go that way. It's almost like motivation. People ask, how am I motivated? It's because I see results. How do you get the results? Well, you have to start being motivated. And then when you see the results, you start losing weight or you start getting that better job. It makes you motivated to want to mm. do more, right? Mm. Okay, let's go the other way. If I want to wake up and say, oh, I have four kids and I'm so tired and I got to go to work. What's going to happen? That's going to start bleeding into my life. It'll go around my coworkers. Then when that promotion comes up, they're going to be like, oh, that's Sholly. She's always in a bad mood. She's always complaining. Or then maybe my husband says, oh, she's always sad and depressed. Maybe the marriage starts to go down. Do you, do you see like I, 100% I that's my mantra that it's that it's it's a choice when people ask me how I have gotten through uh, tough times I, I sort of say it you you know it doesn't matter who you are how much money you have what what your circumstances are obviously uh, not to take anything away from people who are in desperate circumstances but ultimately when you wake up it's a choice there's 10 things i can list off the top of my head about anybody i meet that they can feel shitty about or there's 10 things that they can feel positive about and it's your choice to choose which ones you want to embrace right yes it's that old adage that i i went to you know somewhere um, a, a developing country or uh, and and somebody who didn't have a lot of means was the happiest person I'd ever, ever met, and 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 the billionaire who sits at home miserable. You know, I mean, those are these are choices to a certain extent. I, I totally agree, and it is a choice to be happy. And just because you're happy and you're positive doesn't mean that you're not struggling, doesn't mean that you're not dealing with life, and doesn't mean that um, you know sometimes it just becomes too hard. But I still is think it- that strength will turn you around in those hard times. Is there a cranky version of you? What is the cranky oh, version of Shali? Yeah, maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my husband was around here right now. 
tell you. <laughs> is, is there a hangry version? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you, I get hangry. I get you hangry. do? Okay, well, that's the segue. If you could tell me about this, um, I, I quite enjoy this uh, this cooking show. You know what I watch? You know what I get from uh, Beris or Bepaz? You know, um, I learn Persian from you. Oh, that's really? how much. That's how much better your Persian Wrong is than person. mine. You should learn Persian from. That was such <laughs> a struggle for me to do that. I, is I, your has your Persian gotten a lot better? Yeah, it's because, totally. Because I I, I seem to re- I thought. For some reason, I was in this like weird delusional mindset a couple of years ago that we were around the same, you know, that our Persian was not really fluent, but almost. And here you are doing like a cooking show with like a well, all Farsi. You know? Albeit, I, I leaned on Alexa a lot to ask him what the names of ingredients were because I really didn't <laughs> know. But it was uncomfortable for me. It was scary for me. And I didn't want to do it many times. But I'm glad I didn't play into that fear. Um, because it turned out to be such a cool experience. When, she, when, I, when Sharam Shapare was in my kitchen, <laughs> oh my word, what was that? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And well, he looked really excited to be with you, quite well, frankly. Well, I, I mean, mean, he's probably seen me patioing, you know, all over the place for <laughs> 10 years right. now at Fox. So, and he's such a good guy. I mean... Talk about meeting people that you meet right off the bat. He's not playing games. He wasn't acting. He was so happy to be here. And it made me feel so special. But I leaned into that fear. Talk about making choices. Mm. I leaned into it. I'm like, look, I don't speak Farsi as well as all y'all in Iran. I, I'm, you know how to cook Persian food way better than me. But we're going to try to create something through food, which I love, through music, which I love. And we're going to try to find some happy moments and see if we can shift your energy for 30 minutes and make you laugh. Or And it's been amazing watching the reaction to these people. They'll stop me in the street. I love it when the older gentlemen stop me. They come and say, Khanum is omrodi. And I'm like, yes. They're like, Bebeen, that pasta you made was so good. I've been cooking pasta since. I'm like, oh, mission accomplished. <laughs> Uh, it, it is always a, such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for doing this. Congratulations on the book. Let me ask you a final question. Do you, and, and I know you're not going to give us a breaking news here on this, but but if you were to be rock about it, uh, do, do you feel like, I, I sometimes think of you and I think, is she going to stay being an anchor at, at Fox San Diego? I mean, because... You, I know you probably love it, and you've got a family there as well, and you've been doing it for a long time, and you're a staple of the San Diego, the Southern California media community. But you're you you're doing these things, and you've got so many possibilities that I I I wouldn't be surprised if you chose to move on to um, doing more of some of the other things that you do in your life. Tell me about that. You mean like officiating weddings, which I'm now officiating. That's and- right. Asking that's right. people on the weekends. That's right. That's right. When we were planning this interview, Shally was saying, uh, "Well, this that weekend I have three weddings, and uh, and uh, and then I have two weddings the following." I'm like, "Who has freaking how many weddings does a girl need to go to?" She's like, "No, I'm officiating them." You know, it's right. my new adventure, and I'm going to be rook with you. Um, I don't know, and I don't think any of us know. There's only there's one thing that I have learned in life, and my kids have taught me. You can't plan anything in life anymore, Gian. We know that. Anybody goes back ten years, and you see the things that have unfolded in all of our lives. Look at 
every single one of our lives. Would you have yeah. guessed the things that happen happened? Yeah. Probably not. No. So yeah. I, I can just tell you the my family's important to me. Um, being a good person is important to me. Making changes in my community is important to me. Dancing is important to me. My health is important to me. Those things are going to remain constant. Will I be doing weddings in five years? I don't know. Will I be a news anchor? I don't know. Will I write a book? I don't know. I don't know because I don't even know if I'm going to... I mean, I say this tongue in cheek, but I don't know if I'm going to be here in an hour. None of us do. Mm. So why not just take the time that I have right now and just live it, grind into it, have a good time with it, do the weddings, do all of that stuff, and then the news anchoring and the book writing and the mental health and dancing... And then uh, we'll just see where life takes me. I certainly hope you're here in an hour because they're waiting for you in Seattle this weekend, first of all. <laughs> I'll uh, get to and, Seattle first. I'll get to Seattle Don't, don't die before Seattle. <laughs> I'll try not uh, to. I'll try not to. <laughs> and what's this thing nine months from now? That was quite a, a tease. What's this big thing you're going to drop? It's a, 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 a new book, another book. Can you say anything about it? Okay. I'm guessing it's like a, maybe it's a big a bio or like an autobiography. Or no, it's not, I'll, I'll tell you this much. It's not a book. It's a, oh, it's not a book. It's a, okay. it's a concept. It's a thing. And oh. it's going to play right into everything. This is where you talk about the journey in life. And I tell you, if you asked me 25 years ago, did you know you're going to be a news anchor doing this at Fox? Mm. I would have been like, well, the world is telling me I'm not going to. So no. Um, everything that I've worked on, everything that I've touched, everything that I've built is now starting to come. And I had this aha moment and this aha moment I am working on very hard right now. And hopefully I'll be able to share it with you oh, very soon. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Charlie June, uh, merci. Thank you so much for this. Thank you, by the way. Uh, I love the way you've been saying my name through this interview. It's like a, it's like you're from Tennessee, Gion. <laughs> You know, it's like uh, your Persian has become immaculate, but you apparently can't say Gion. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Gion, I wrote this book. About, I'm like, she's the pillar of our community. She can say my name. Mm, it's, it's the news anchor, the American you news can, anchor. Me. You, you can take the girl out of San Diego to Seattle, but you can't take the... Uh, it's such a pleasure. You're, you're, the, you're the greatest. Thank you for this. Good to see you. Hopefully we'll see you in Canada soon. I hope. We've been saying, get your, you know, come on up here. I will. Soon. Very soon. I promise. Chodafis. Chodafis. Shali Zomorodi, an American journalist and television anchor of Iranian descent. Her new book is entitled Myla, Caterpillars Become Butterflies. Shali will be appearing at the Seattle Iranian Festival this coming Saturday, June 25th. Shali joined us from San Diego, California today. Microphone's back on here in the studio. Captain Reza, the fabulous Keon, and uh, Groovy Shia. Wow, the lovely, energetic Shali's on already, as always. One of a kind. <laughs> it's just so much fun, man. 
She really does have an amazing. Yeah. She has amazing yeah. en- energy. She does. Yeah. She does. She's infectious. I feel bad for her in the sense that it's so part of who she is that <laughs> yeah. she couldn't do She's an interview. She can't just do a sleepy well, interview. No. You know? Listen, to answer your question, she yeah. doesn't have an. She doesn't do assistant. That's right. That's she right. She doesn't do assistant. I love that. She's like I'm not LA. I'm not California. I'm not celebrity. Don't talk to me that way. <laughs> I don't do assistant. That was awesome. Yeah, man, you said it. She's infectious. I my mood was like you know mellow, whatever. Mm. But as soon as I hear her talk, it just uplifted. Picks you up. Uplifted. Yeah. What did you think about her book, though? I didn't read it. I would love no, to. No, but did the idea it? of it. I think it's beautiful, and you know, it. Here's a woman that went through the worst of the worst of mm-hmm. bullying at a time when you know there weren't a lot of immigrants around her. Um, now, like in a lot of major cities, there's a lot of Iranians, but during that time, there weren't many. So just imagine what she had to go through. And she turned something ugly into a beautiful, she, her output is positive. That's I like that she was spoke up for caterpillars as well as butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think this is a, I think it's a lovely thing that Shelly's done and sort of integrating yeah. her story and her daughter's, her kid's uh, story as well. Yeah. Don't you find it uh, like somewhat odd even that to, like this day and age, especially the wave of immigrants that are in California mm-hmm. right now, and it still happens, mm-hmm. like the kids still like, what is that, why do your eyebrows look like that? Yeah, like, I'm kind of shocked by that. Bizarre. But you know, I also think that we carry our, I was thinking about that because I was thinking, I've got this chip on my shoulder about mm-hmm. you guys don't know what it was like yeah, when we yeah, were young. Yeah. I'm turning into that guy, you know? Yeah, you um, and and <laughs> it, it, I mean, we could all do versions of that, right? Yeah, yeah. And yet, uh, of course kids are still facing this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Of course kids are facing, and she's right with, well, she didn't say just that it was, she didn't, she didn't attribute it to only social media, but we didn't have social media when no, we were kids. The ability to, bully somebody you know on on social media i mean you can you, you know you don't have to be in their face you can do it yeah, when they go home Singapore. from school and i mean yeah it's just yeah. horrible right yeah, but she gets it man like life is hard let's face it you can wake up and like complain about all the things that are wrong with your life she, she or just said make life it is positive. pain or something yeah, yeah it is it like but you just you make it what it is like i i have so much respect for someone like that that just turns it's an ugly world. So the more positive you put out there, more, the more positive comes. Yeah. Shai, yeah. do you want to comment at all? Um, I think, yeah, b- bullying is one of those things that actually when I moved to Canada, I kind of... <laughs> Heard about it. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. because in Iran, like... They don't have that. Yeah, like... They do have it. They just no, don't... We do co- have it. Right, we don't right. recognize <laughs> it. No, yeah. that's I- what in it is. Iran, I, I mean, if you are bully, actually, like, teachers also bullying you. Yeah. Mm. That's the thing. Right. Like, yeah, pe- teachers make fun of you, and so there is no way to escape bullying. Actually, yeah. Shia is right. In yeah. Iran, if you're not a bully, you're a loser. You know, at school, like, you're, the, the, if you get bullied, they're not going to it's your fault. Like stand up to them, you know. Even the teachers, really? right? The mannerism of the teachers are like that too. Sometimes it's like I wonder if we're be, we're being we're caricaturing. I don't know. Do like, you really? Is I it really that the, bad? I share very similar experiences, as Shaya, when yeah. it comes to bullying, because I didn't know what the hell bullying was. Like yeah. I grew up, and then no, we, it's, it certainly wasn't. I was I was thinking that uh, uh, as I was reading mm-hmm. Shali's book the last few days, I was thinking this. Um, 
I kind of wish I was trying to think do did these things really not exist when we were kids or am I imagining that they didn't but I really don't think there was the culture of the calling culture, out yeah. bullying and all that in the no. same way at all yeah. and it really was a little bit of big boys don't cry you know yeah, you yeah. should be you know you should be tougher it was you kind of almost blame the kid you know mm. if if somebody was picking on us which is know? is a fine line too Jean John because at some point like if you try to always be soft on the kid and trying to soften the kid and like not let him experience pain and go through it and learn from it and grow just like a muscle grows when you work out you put mm. it through pain but then you let it heal and learn from it I'd, we're not gonna have a society where we can have an honest conversation Demo- you know what I mean so there is that but part also of true and and, the, and when I asked her about where is the line yeah. not everything is bullying I do worry about uh, you know whether it's in my nephew or other people that I, I, I sort of go at what point do are we are, do we have to make sure that they understand that criticism has its place? Critical right. thinking has its place. People disagreeing with you is okay. Uh, it, that it isn't necessarily yeah. bullying. That isn't yeah. necessarily something you should be offended by. It's something you should welcome. You know, there's differences mm-hmm. of, of opinion. But I thought that Charlie answered that really yeah. well too, in terms of talking talking yeah. it through with her kids and and. Uh, I mean, she's a great ambassador for this stuff. Yeah, they have, I feel like kids, well, she said it, kids these days, maybe they don't face bullying at school as much as we did back in our time, but they have a whole set of new wave of yeah. issues with social media yeah. and the internet yeah. age. Yeah. My God, like I yeah. can't imagine. Speaking of uh, kids uh, and our, before we get to, we got Paymon Salimi coming up in just a few moments. Do you want to go get him, Shia? We have, Shia's going to run into the other room and get him. In the meantime, so we have uh, a member of our team, I mentioned this earlier in the show, who is not only, um, not only is today his, spoiler alert, it's 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 a male, not only is is it his birthday, but yesterday was his first time experiencing Father's Day as a father. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, happy birthday, yeah. Rohan! Yeah. Savvy Rohan! Yeah! Yeah! Savvy Rohan doing a little birthday dance. Happy, uh, birthday. happy birthday, Savi. Thank you. Happy Thank you. birthday. Thank you. And how are you feeling, Savi Rohan? Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first Father's Day and coming oh. after. What's your daughter's name? Melody. Yeah, He's told name. you this a hundred yeah. times. Yeah. Why, why would you not know the name of his daughter? I was saying it for the audience. Gian, okay. oh. <laughs> she doesn't know why. Okay. And yeah, this is, this is my last year of being 30-something years. Old. Oh, so you're turning forty? Yeah. No. Well, no, he's not not yet. No, I'm thirty nine. Thirty nine. Okay. Or thirty nine. Thirty. Thirty. So, the, so, and and how was yesterday? Is your first Father's Day? Great. I was working all day, uh, and when I got home, um, I had this picture ready for me yeah. with my daughter Aww. and um, okay. and myself. So. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It's beautiful. Happy and Father's did Day. your did it just? I, I'm assuming Melody doesn't really know what's going on in terms of uh, Father's Day. She's a few months old. No, right? actually, she she didn't want to give me the picture. <laughs> <laughs> she kept she <laughs> hold it down. I was like, Aww. Daddy, please let it go. <laughs> 
but yeah it was so cute savvy you are a uh well not just savvy you are a a, a loved a beloved member of our team thank you you never let anybody down and you're just a a guy that everybody loves to 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 have around and we we love you and we're we we wish you a happy birthday please get back to work now (laughs) (laughs) thank you thanks my father would say please work harder work harder That is great. Now go to, well, get to work. You're, you're a terrible worker. We did your work. Um, buy, happy birthday, Rohab. And Shia, please uh, buy uh, Rohab something. Gift <laughs> <laughs> on, on RBF. Please give him, a, give him one of your keyboards. Savvy <laughs> <laughs> Rohab is left and uh, another year older. Right. Team's getting the average age is going up. See what's <laughs> happening? Uh oh, we got to rehire newer ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. We need new models. Have, uh, uh, happy birthday, Savvy Roham! Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. Uh, and uh, let's get to the next guest. All right. Thank you, um, the fabulous Keon Groovy Shia, Captain Reza. Our next guest is. In the Rook studio, a talented Iranian-Italian singer, songwriter, guitarist, music producer. Take a listen to this. رد زدی صبح فردایم توی درد و درمانم به چشمم بنگر که صد راز پنهانم به صد آهنگر توی مدار From his 2019 album One Now that is Paymon Salimi and the song Raj Paymon was born and raised in Tehran. He started playing the piano from an early age. Later on, he took interest in guitar and ended up at the Faculty of Fine Art at the University of Tehran, where he studied classical guitar performance. So then to follow his lifelong passion, guitar, he moved to Florence, Italy in 2004 and studied guitar with Alfonso Berghese at the Conservatorio Luigi Cherubini. Yeah. And fi- see, I'm trying to say this as All Italian as I can. It's probably doing a terrible job. Of it. Uh, and Fiozelle Music School. Yeah. Uh, he obtained his master's degree in music technology at the same uh, conservatory, graduating with honors. Paymon is known to many as the lead singer of the Florence-based pop rock band, which he formed in 2010, called The Allophones. But of late, he's also been producing records and releasing his own solo works. His second self-produced album, One Now, came out in April 2019, and he's recently released some new singles and is working on a new bilingual album that is scheduled for release this fall. We'll talk about that. In the meantime, he's performing as part of the bill on Ali Azimi's U.S. and Canada tour. And right now, Paymon Salimi joins me in the Rook studio today. Hello, sir. Hi, Jen. Thanks nice for to have me. you here. Yeah. Nice to be here. It's a great pleasure. I pleasure you're in the mind. middle of this tour with Ali Ali Azimi. It's right across North America. Uh, it looks like watching you on stage. It looks like you're having a lot of fun. Are you having yeah. a lot of fun? Yeah, it's been great. the The first three gigs have been great. Yeah, uh, and you are you're 
opening the show solo and then you're playing you come out and play as part of yeah. Ali's band yeah I would say it's a pretty like unusual situation it's not very <laughs> it's difficult. a full night for you yeah there's no rest for you <laughs> yeah like I as the support act I, I play the I open the show and then I, I changed the, my role, basically. I'm going to be the guitarist. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the guitarist. Yeah. And, and yeah, kind of the band band leader, it feels like. I don't know. I mean, I know Ali's probably, Ali Azimi's probably the band leader, but you produced a record, so you're yeah. kind of, you know, looks like you're giving some direction up there as well. Uh, I don't know if I can. I mean, it's up to the others to say if I'm, if, if I'm leading the band. I, I wouldn't say that. But as you said, I, I think the fact that I produced his last album makes it easier for me just to, like, communicate with, every band member like what's the vibe of the song what we should what should we do in terms of like to be more like as much as faithful as possible to the to the original record mm-hmm. uh i think yeah maybe that's why you picked up on that vibe <laughs> well first of all i would say uh i was going to ask you what you prefer the to playing solo or playing with the band um but here's here's my guess my guess is that uh, you love playing solo, but there's a lot of pressure. You're up there, you know, you're doing your your songs. Yeah, yeah, and sure. once that part of the night is done uh, and you're up with Ali, it's it's playtime. Like you're it's yeah. it's a lot more yeah. fun for you. Yeah. Not that you don't love playing exactly. your own songs, but there's there's less pressure, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. That's the case. <laughs> exactly. So like, do you have a preference? Uh, obviously, I mean I I love to play my own songs, but it's it's a different thing. I can't tell because uh, I've never done like session. I've never been a session man for any other artist. Mm. This is like a very special situation for me. Um, so it's it's kind of fun, yeah. Because I've never done that. I've mm. never played the guitar on the stage for anybody else, rather than my my own. Stuff. Do you like playing your own songs better because there's much better songs than Ali's? Oh, uh, definitely. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Don't kill me. I mean, it's. A, I think it's so different. I wouldn't even compare. We have two different styles. Like we can share a part of our audience, definitely. Hmm. But I wouldn't. I would say like it's a different vibe. Like completely it, different. It is and it isn't. I would say in the in the broader pantheon of Persian music out yeah. there, it's not that different. You know, yeah. you guys are in a similar genre. Saying, yeah. it, within the genre, you're very different from yeah. each other. But uh, there, we'll get into why there isn't more sort of pop rock acts like you guys out there in in, in the Persian diaspora. Yeah. But you produced Ali's latest uh, record, Ali Azimi's later, latest record. He's in London. Yeah. You're based in Belgium. You studied and lived in Italy. Yeah. You grew up and studied in Iran, yeah. Tehran. We are in Toronto. <laughs> There's a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, where do you self-identify as home now? I don't know. Um, it, it's it's so hard for me to say where's home. I think the first 10 years of my, after I, I moved out, out of Iran, I was like pretty homesick. Also because I, I hadn't, done the military service like i couldn't go back right. for 10 years right and i started to idealizing everything about about iran about tehran and the first time that i i went back it was it was funny like i was kissing all the like the the asphalt <laughs> i was like really i was you, so you knelt yeah, down and kissed the ground yeah, yeah i was like i was in yusuf awad uh, that's where I, where i kind of grew up i was like re- it felt awesome it was like 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 therapy and then I went a couple of times more, and then I think that feeling faded away somehow. That tendency to idealize, you know, that was home for me, but I think now it's just, it could be everywhere. 
I feel pretty cozy and comfortable in Brussels right now. Mm. Even after it's been, it hasn't. It's been only one year and a half. But what it, took you? I, I'm curious. Brussels seems like an interesting place. Yeah, where, where to to use as your as the epicenter of the Paymon Salimi production world? Where? Why yeah. there? I I I ended up there by pure chance. I mean, COVID happened, and I was so sick of like being in Florence. Mm. I said I should do something. The ugly city of Florence. Yeah, <laughs> which is like pretty ugly, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Simply the most romantic see, this, place this in the is, world. This is all <laughs> the relative. Like, like yeah. when you're surrounded by that kind yeah. of Boy, am I tired beauty. of this, yeah. this, this, what is this shithole Florence, yeah. <laughs> Italy? <laughs> the place where yeah. literally everybody in the world goes to, no, you know, I love see Florence. the beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's home for me and it's got to be in my heart. But like, you were forever. sick of it. Yeah, because I think artistically and professionally, that was the, the worst place that I could end up. Okay. And, but I, I, I don't know, one thing led to another and I ended up like living there for almost 18 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Like I, I was, I did my bachelor, and then I, I wanted to go away, and then I ended up doing my master. I wanted to go away, and I ended up like mm. putting up a band together, and then we won like a rock contest that was mm. pretty, pretty huge back then in Italy. Mm. And I, and I saw something like was moving, and I said, no, this is not the right time to to go away. So I just stayed, and I don't know, like eighteen years. Yeah, man. <laughs> so. Well, so the question was about Brussels, but yeah, you've done a good Brussels, job of yeah. uh, mangling the answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to actually ask you all about Italy. Yeah. It's very interesting to me that you went to Italy, and, and I want to ask about your time there. But just just to to tie up this this one question, how how did you end up in Belgium now? Uh, so um, I had a few few friends, like musician friends, uh, in Brussels. So I had been as as a tourist, I've been to Brussels like so many times, but it never I never picked the vibe. I was like what is the city is it mm-hmm. it's not paris it's not berlin it's not london what is it so it's cultural though yeah but businessy yeah, yeah at the same time but when i moved there like initially i moved there for three months and i was waiting for for the borders to like to open up like the u.s borders mm-hmm. because europeans couldn't travel like with the european passport you couldn't travel from europe to the u.s so I said, yeah, let me go to Brussels and just, I was already Wait, working online. You couldn't travel from with a European passport to the US? No, no, because what, of the COVID. Yeah, because oh, because of, of COVID. COVID. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you could not. Right, right. Every, everything was shut down. And so I moved there and uh, initially for like a couple of months. And I, after a month, I really liked the, liked the place. Mm. And gradually, I think I, I developed this kind of passion for the mm. city because I think it's pretty pretty special. It's a unique place. It doesn't belong to anyone. It's, I mean, even even before the immigration boom and everything, it was a place that it didn't belong to anyone. Like it was like a clash between the the French speaking culture and and the Flemish culture. Basically, mm. it's just like a like a halfway between the two. Would it have not made sense to move to London because you work uh, with Ali? And you may, I mean, that's what everybody says. I don't know. I I like London, but I don't know. I, I, I can't but your love myself. interest was in Brussels. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, knew, I, I, knew, I knew it was, yeah. I knew there was something going on. There. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't have anything to do with with romance. Okay. I mean, in, not initially, afterwards. <laughs> right. Afterwards. The reason you stayed. Life happens. Right. You know? Sure, yeah. of course. <laughs> You're a young man. You're growing. Yeah. Uh, look, let's I'll, I'll, let's get to more of your story. But I, you brought your guitar here. I'm excited about this. Um, and you're going to play a couple songs sure. for us. Uh, in 2020, you released a really great version of the song Shab, which 
I think is a Faramaz Aslani song, right? Yeah, is the, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. So um, can you play that for us in the of studio? Course, here? We'd yeah. love, love to hear that. Let's 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 do it. Okay, sure. This is Paymon Salimi in our room. I think studio. I unplugged my headphones. Oh, okay. We'll we'll let you do that. Yeah. Thank God you're a producer. You yeah. can figure uh, these things out. <laughs> Um, live in the Rook Studio, playing the song Shab, Paymon Salimi. Yeah, one, two, three. چندان به کام است و تو را گوشه تیرگی ها مقام است اشک و آهد نبخشد پناهی که دنیای ما را باید این روزگاران خدا را هر چه خواهی تو از لطف او آرزو کن چاره خیش را در دلت جستجو کن من دیو اف سردگی ها رها کن که باری بر نگیرد ز دوشه تو اندوه آری چون کبوتر بزن پر بزن پر که گویی نشستن تو یارا مرادی نجوی پر بکش سوی دل روشنی ها کشاید از پس تیرگی آفتابی درآید in the Rook studio, Paymon Salimi playing the song Shab that he recorded and released in uh, 2020. I love that song. It's a really, really yeah, beautiful rendition. Gorgeous. The lyrics are especially. Yeah. Thank you for saying. doing that. Um, why, why, what, what captured you about that song? Why did you decide to record that? I think I grew up with, with Aslanese music, the first album. I have so many memories, like mm. childhood memories. 
with that album and i think that's the best musical product be- before the revolution like mm. the best album right before the revolution yeah, too like, yeah especially that singer songwriter k- kind of vibe it's just i don't know i was so amazed by his style when i was a kid and but i think it takes a lot of courage to <laughs> to cover his songs especially that album because it's so nicely done and crafted it's true actually you, you, you yeah. wonder how you can uh make farmer's athlone any better yeah know? I have this rule because David Bowie is my idol. Yeah. I've, I've always I've had this lifelong rule: don't cover Bowie. <laughs> no one should cover Bowie because <laughs> no one can That's do true. what Bowie did. Yeah, right? Yeah. Once in a while, if it's like somebody completely different, like a a female Com- with a very different you know, Bjork re- or something, yeah. can, reinterpretation. Right? Like, yeah. But otherwise, don't don't try. Don't mm. try and cover Bowie. It's a just it's back a mistake. <laughs> and I think Farmer's. You're right. I mean, he's yeah. you know that baritone. But yeah. the, but your version is actually yeah. really. really Really, really but beautiful. That, that's funny. I mean, because I think every song is like so well crafted in that album. But I think this one, like in terms of arrangement, it's a little like there are a lot, lot of guitar solos going on like all over the place. Mm. And I think that was the main reason I picked it because I thought that maybe I had something to add, like to add to it. I, I can't, I can't say that because I don't know. It would sound so arrogant, but I think that I had, I had a vision. for that song that yeah they say, okay i mean the recorded yeah. version is well you know people should check this out just go to pay one side me on spotify or whatever your music uh streaming services and check out the, uh, his version of shab the recording is really really great you you talk about that's that album that farmer's album being yeah. uh an inspiration to you as a kid in iran tell, tell me about growing up in iran were you are you from a musical family uh i'm not actually but i think I'm grateful because my parents they, they always supported. I mean they did until I decided to pursue like music. a career. <laughs> yeah. And then they did not. <laughs> It's such a for a while. <laughs> you don't know how many times we hear that, you know. Like just yeah. a couple of weeks ago we had an, an amazing young violinist on right. who's literally playing with the Boston Philharmonic oh, and she has to fight with her parents like who yeah. are just like Oh, do you really <laughs> need to make this a career? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on. I mean, uh, engineering, medical school. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, That but, was the case for me too. Yeah. But were you surrounded by music in, uh, in Tehran? I mean, I'm curious what your, what your first window into, into music was. I think, I think I was lucky. Like I was given this tiny keyboard when I was five and I started like playing some jingles and stuff like by ear. And I have an uncle, he was really like a great motivator, you know, mm. it was like really, actually I started with Melodica. Melodica is just oh, like I this. Oh, I love the Melodica. Yeah, Melodica is just like, and I, and I was so tiny that I couldn't you, like, like. you blow into yeah, it and play at the but same I didn't, time, right? I didn't have the, the strength to, like I don't <laughs> So he was blowing. Oh wow, <laughs> did he have the little me. string, the little, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the tube? Yeah, I remember yeah. those sessions when, when he was blowing, my uncle was blowing. That's, the that's thing. amazing. That yeah, was funny. It was like, so so the, the story is that you start by playing the piano and then yeah, you get your heart gets captured by the yeah. guitar. I think it happened at the right time, the right place. And then I was lucky. Like for a year, I went on like by myself, like teaching myself, basically. Like the notes, I didn't know, hmm. I didn't know Because anything. Because even by the late 90s uh, and early 2000s, it's still... 
not super commonplace uh, electric guitars and stuff in yeah, Iran. I mean, yeah. I, uh, obviously it's better than it was in the eighties, yeah. but even by that time, you're you're not sort of surrounded by jam spaces that you no. can go play the guitar in, right? You're right. Uh, I think it was uh, the early years that there was a, some sort of like relative opening by mm-hmm. the regime, on, like on music on the musical scene. There were so many there were so many pop singers popping out, like yeah, that were basically the copy of the Los Angeles based yeah. singers like everybody was like oh this is the Tehran version of uh, Moeen or this is the Tehran <laughs> right. version of Dariush or Andy, like, or yeah right. you know what I mean well I want to get to that I want to get yeah. to the Persian music sound but so this decision to go to Italy I mean it's an interesting place to go to pursue music if you want if you want to play the kind of rock and pop you do these days so I assume you first went from Iran to Florence with the intention of learning classical guitar yeah yeah i was i was i mean initially i was pretty obsessed with the with the sound of the classical guitar the electric guitar like came way afterwards like way later and what was it what was it like when you first go to florence in the the i guess 2004 2005 around that what was it like being a persian kid in italy i think i was lucky because i was so in love with the language with italian because i had studied like one year before moving to italy and I w- apparently I was so good that um, because I I lost my connection flight from Milan to Florence and then I had to go and you know ask the, the responsible mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. to change the ticket and she was like she uh, took a look at my passport and she was like is this the first time in Italy like your Italian is great and I was like I was so happy <laughs> and pumped up by that comment that really it it had a nice of effect on me and the first I think the first two years I I learned the language so fast and and it made life easier. I gotta say, mm-hmm. like to be yeah. honest. But you said you said earlier that it, those first years were difficult for you because you you really wanted to go back to Iran and you couldn't because of uh, the, the uh, obligatory military service, the Sabazi. Yeah. Uh, what made it difficult being in Italy? Um, I think the first thing was like I'm, I'm a city boy. Like I was, I grew up in Tehran and like moving to Florence this tiny town basically everything is based on the renaissance Mm. history and there's not much else to do like like outside when you're in the center of florence like in the downtown uh, everything is beautiful like you're surrounded by art obviously you've been there many times Mm -hmm. i suppose and not many times yeah but a couple couple of times but outside that reality there's not much to do like as for a 20 year old kid there's not much right much i don't know in terms of entertainment or inspiration or you it's know. not a metropolis it, it, it's not right at all. yeah but at the same time i think it had its upsides because it, i felt i started to feel cozy and like after two three years the first two years i was definitely depressed i would say i was really like it, i took it hard and the fact that i couldn't go back and visit my parents it was even harder like it, uh, I was constantly thinking about oh why did I do this I wasn't I, I didn't regret my decision mm-hmm. but it was hard it was hard yeah. when when did you start to make a sh- I mean you're studying classical guitar yeah uh, when did the shift come into to playing western sounding pop and rock music I think it, it was way before like as soon as I 
started to play the guitar i was singing in, in english basically yeah i was i was trying to like yeah i couldn't find english any material songs. from you singing in italian in italian there's yeah. persian and there's that's, english yeah. but <laughs> so even all that time in italy you were singing in english that's or, weird huh <laughs> what well, is a bit weird yeah <laughs> yeah why I, is that why, why i suppose i was never attracted to that i think i have a certain resistance to italian pop rock Mm. I love a couple of singer-songwriters from the 70s, like DeAndre and uh, Battisti, and but the new Italian rock and pop rock, it, it never, I, I could never re- relate to that kind of music because it, it sounded so fake to me. I mean, uh, so many people are gonna hate me. I mean, this is like overgeneralizing. Yeah, but, it's you know, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't relate to that kind of mm. and it's funny because I was I was in I was living in Italy and my my Italian was so good I mean like there was no language barrier just to say oh you can you cannot connect to this kind of music because you don't understand what the were your influences in in English um, rock and I mean I, you know to have this conversation with Ali Azimi for example yeah. where I've said to him Ali you know how is it that you play the kind of music that that I grew up, you know, being interested in and playing, yeah. but you're doing it with Persian lyrics. And he said, well, because basically I grew up really being Listen into, per, you know, uh, English rock, yeah. you know, uh, and he, he was completely, uh, he says, not that interested in Persian music at all growing up, you know. Uh, was that the case for you? I mean, at this point when you're in Italy, are you starting to just listen to... I don't know John Cale or Springsteen or or something that isn't either Persian or Italian. Uh, I think it started even before I, I moved to Italy. Like I was, I was basically on the same headspace. I would say, like um, because I started like listening to to the Doors a lot and mm. and like all like notable every, classical every, guitar <laughs> band, the Doors, yeah. <laughs> and and also like every other. Iranian teenager, I would say, Dice, Dire Straits, Dice Straits. <laughs> Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd yeah. and Dire Straits, and you know, and right. then yeah, I think the first year that I moved to Italy, I was like super obsessed with JJ Kale. Okay, yeah, I think the first year I was like I was listening to his songs like I don't know like four hours a day, and I think you can definitely hear the the influence of my first album. Well, yes, and I and I certainly hear. Um, I mean, with the Allophones, which is this band that you form in Florence, right? Yeah. Who knew a Persian who can starts an English <laughs> rock band out of Florence, Italy? It, you know, it's I I I don't know how you feel about this. To me, it sounds kind of like the Killers, maybe electronic guitar rock, yeah. great great pop melodies, very Western. And you become you're the lead you become the lead singer of the Allophones. So you're, you're singing in English, yeah, right? Yeah. It's something that's really interesting to me that obviously I wanted to get to in this interview because you've mentioned this to me in the past, is that you as a songwriter, when you're writing lyrics, yeah. you you think and write in English or that you find it easier to write in English than in Persian. Is that right? Yeah, I would say I, I find it definitely easier. I don't know why, but um, I feel like super free to address different issues and different topics in in English rather than Persian. What does that mean? I don't know like um uh my my Persian songs back then at least uh I would end up always like writing lyrics about love. It was very love centered, you know. Mhm. Uh, <laughs> uh 
بحال شکستم یو نو دات کائنڈ اف استف اند آی کوڈنٹ آی کوڈنٹ cruising in your car or yeah, like uh, I, I, i don't know I'm i not, couldn't do it i mean uh-huh. i know there are people who are doing it and, and it's great why, why do you think you can't do it i mean the, I the cr- reason why this is so interesting to me yeah. obviously is that i i get it if someone like me would yeah. find it easier to write in english yeah. because i didn't grow up in iran yeah. right yeah, but sense, you so. i mean english isn't even your second language right it's your third yeah, yeah. so uh it's So I would think the kid who grew up in Tehran, went to school in Tehran mm. originally, all of that would be, find it just easier to think and write in, in Persian. I did. I mean, I, I, I wrote a lot of Persian songs, but I mean, first of all, when I moved to Italy, I think I was so disconnected with the reality and I, I was surrounded. Uh, I wasn't like hanging out all the time with, with Iranian. I had like many Iranian friends, but... Mm. I think my reality, my life like really changed. So the first, I think the first reason for me in my head, I was thinking I should like make a product that I could communicate with, with these people. Right, like, you know right, what I mean? sure, yeah. So I said, okay, if I keep like writing in, in, in Persian, so who, who I, who I, like for whom I can play these songs, like right. who, who's gonna listen to it? Of course. I think that played a big role. Do you think like, that would have been different today because of, Um, all the platforms and social media do you, you know that even if you were sitting in Florence you'd be able to write a Persian song and immediately get you know put it yeah. on Spotify I mean that that 15 year yeah. gap is a is a, you know things have changed a lot right it could have but I mean even back then there, there were like platforms I was I remember like through, MySpace through MySpace right, I, right, I right. found out so many people like uh, I remember uh, there were I had this connection with uh, Arash Sopani from Kiosk back then. And we were like exchanging so many messages and they were like getting big and everybody was listening to them. And then uh, it was funny. So uh, there was the possibility to do to do it. It's not mm-hmm. like uh, the technology didn't exist. But I mean, for, for me, for some reason, I, I just decided to take the other direction. And I found it like super interesting. For example, in my in my first album, I have a song which talks about the founder of Ikea. And I, can, I cannot do that in Persian. I'm do you think there's more of a pressure because of the, you know, the legacy of Persian poetry, poetry and all that, that you Definitely. feel pressure to write in Persian, you have to write something very sophisticated and poetic, yeah. whereas in English you can just muck about it more? Definitely, it? because I think in, in, in Farsi, when you're writing a, like lyrics in Farsi, I'm like I'm super self-conscious about picking the words. Oh, this word like sounds rough. And, yes, and this this doesn't sound musical. But in there's English, a lot of judgment. Yeah, yeah. It's like who wrote the lyrics exactly. for this? And you're like, uh, exactly. Not me. I don't know. I, whereas in English, there's there me. isn't an expectation that you have to yeah, be Leonard Cohen. You know, it's yeah. it's just kind of like okay, well, you you know, everybody writes their lyrics yeah. and and uh, the Beatles. And I won't get into it because I know that you're not as big a fan as I believe you Come should on, be. <laughs> but but the Beatles, some of the Beatles lyrics are are quite you know benign they're not there uh yesterday you know yeah. i mean so it's not yeah. it's not the most sophisticated yeah, stuff yeah. but it it moves hearts and it yeah. works and um so that's really so so you feel do you feel that freedom in english speaking in english as well compared to Persian, uh, or or is it in, consigned to writing lyrics and poetry it could be also in the speaking when i'm when i'm like talking about 
certain themes it could be like certain topics it can i can find like more like i feel more comfortable maybe in talking english of, i mean like speaking of about those topics like what what are I, we talking I, about? What's i don't, in your I don't mind? know like like the technical language like it's or the psychology i think i for me it's like much easier to talk about in english yeah yeah like even if my like speaking skills are not that because i have never lived in your psych your own yeah. psychology is like talking to a therapist it would be easier i think so in yeah wow yeah so interesting so. to me i think so yeah because it's been almost 20 years i'm out of iran and it could be italian for me but with with with, with italians different story like it's it's uh it's italian is my day-to-day -day language that's my conversational mm. like but english has become connected to, to the most sophisticated part of my brain you can know you what speak I mean? what is it flemish in belgium what is mm, it no, no i can't no uh -huh. i barely what about french i'm resisting because i hate french <laughs> what, what, what do you yeah. mean by that yeah really, what's wrong with french i don't know i i, I, I enjoy <laughs> when some, some i hate french what a thing to say <laughs> what, what, what do you hate i about don't french? like the sound of french really know. yeah i mean uh when female people speak it sure I mean, that's that's a different story as a male i don't know i just like when when a guy is when charles has no more you don't yeah. like though the, no. you don't think it's the language of yeah. love bro come yeah. on yeah i can't i can't mm. like i i definitely prefer italian or spanish do you know yeah. what aliphones where, where did you get the, the word the title of your band aliphones from i think there was uh, the double meaning that that's behind it like the way that you pronounce different phonemes or in canada Basically. You know what it means in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it I mean? I looked it up. Like aliens, basically none, f neither French or English speaking if people. You're, if your first language is neither French or English, exactly. you're called an allophone. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if that's where you got it from. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. All right. I looked it so up. So you had I mean, a little Canadian connection back then? Uh, no, I think it was just by pure chance. Like, okay, so you didn't. Right. Looking it <laughs> online. <laughs> Let me ask you about. I, no, I looked it up like. Like I was, I was looking for a name for for the band. It's a good like, name. Yeah, yeah. Why why do you think there aren't? I want to get to your new solo record and and talk about that. But before, just staying with Persian music for a second, um, why do you think there aren't more artists like you and Ali Azimi in the Persian diaspora, or even Kiosk you mentioned? Um, I mean, with the notable exception of some popular hip hop artists, yeah. Much of the music um, that is still very popular uh, in the Persian diaspora and, you know, the Radio Javon kind of thing is, is to me, very similar sounding Persian pop. In some cases, still with the old 6-8, you know, yeah. shahashed rhythm and so. Yeah. Why, why do you think that's the case as a songwriter and a producer? Um, to be honest, I, I don't think I have the, the, the right vision like enough knowledge to to comment on this to be okay. honest but i i've what I if you think what if you think in english will that help <laughs> <laughs> i am I, <laughs> right, <laughs> believe okay. me i'm yeah. trying or in no, italian no. i don't know or, what are yeah. the yeah okay. I'm, I'm trying to to do it in italian <laughs> uh it, it's funny because i mean uh i i listen to like a lot of uh product that, that comes from iran like even in in rock and but there's not much alternative rock coming no. coming from it's like more more like a very guitar solo based kind of music and uh i don't know it sounds so outdated and 
expired to me like to my ear mm-hmm. and but it's it's good material I'm not saying like I'm not judging but even that's kind of the minority right Persian, yeah Persian rock is not a huge yeah genre it can be the sound of the language uh, it's it's funny I, I was I was talking the other day to, with a friend of mine we were talking about like the, the sound of English how it matches perfectly with the with the sound of rock mm. because of the of the 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 energy that you put like behind the syllabus and it just it makes it easier to to express yourself but in persian especially iranian persian like with with the tehrani accent <laughs> and i was talking to him and, and he he made me notice something like, like what about afghan accent and i thought about it and i and i and i was experimenting like i was i was trying to sing a rock song like a persian rock song one of my songs actually with an afghan accent and actually i think in my opinion like it it matched perfectly like it, it was more it was rougher it was like it had more I'm trying to imagine can you can you give an example of it <laughs> i don't know like the 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 sound of the, the that language like in uh, like farsi daddy the way that those people speak it it's it sounds like rougher mm-hmm. and like i think that that kind of that helps yeah that kind of helps Maybe I can sing something for you, but I don't know. I I don't remember the, the r- lyrics. Yeah, right try, now. try, try, try. <laughs> you need to grab your guitar. I'm curious if you if you want to do it. If you, you know, know. If there's a there's a song by this by this Afghan famous singer songwriter Farhad Adaria. Uh, actually, let me let me do the one that I covered. Actually, um, it says so uh, Ahmad Vali. Wrote the song, I think in in the seventies, and it's like, Shab labon dorechish, didam bar labonato. Shab labon dorechish, didam bar labonato. Otashi pejonazat, otashel labonato. Like there's more energy mm, yeah. behind everything, and if I do it with the like Tehrani Shab Laban Dorechish Didam Bar Laban You see you, you, can you feel the, the energy uh, like the attack of the sound I'm inclined to say yes yeah. to agree with you make you feel well it's, they both sounded good to me yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just maybe in my head I don't know uh, <laughs> no I get, I get the staccato yeah. nature of it's the, the attack of the sound yes you know, yes I do understand yeah, there's more attack than that. all this language talk is not actually irrelevant to um to your experience and, and what you're, um, wh- where you're going with your career, because this latest record that you've been working on that comes out, I guess, in the fall, yeah, is hopefully. you've described it as a bilingual record. I assume that means it's English and Persian. Yeah, uh, within sure. each within the songs, or, or uh, there's one one song. Some of them, they're like bilingual, like the verses are in English and the choruses. So in that's Persian. interesting. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that decision. Uh, I mean. I don't think it's a decision. It just like came out. Like I think the the verses came out in in English. Like I was, it was totally random, and I was just switching between English and Farsi. Is it a confusing business to yeah. put out a record that's like who's your target? Would it not be easier to pick a lane? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's but, genius. You know, but it's, I don't think it's genius. But that's who I am right now. Like. I think the last solo show that I that I had in London like two weeks ago, that was the first time I I really felt 
that I'm like putting on on the table a product that matches exactly my my identity mm. you know yeah because if I if I just song in in Farsi that's not the reality that I that I live on a daily basis like that's not my life I'm not surrounded by by Persian culture every day yeah, yeah I was born there and yeah I will always stay loyal yes somehow gotcha. yeah, yeah. yeah because you feel also i think what i'm doing right but now, if you only like, do an english album maybe you also feel like that's not entirely um, uh yeah because that's not me either yeah as well yeah. yeah i get that i think mm, what i'm doing right now like it's been only f- four years that it, uh, i'm trying to like release more songs in in farsi and in uh, the, I think the first, the main reason is not it's not about the aesthetics because if you feel that you you're good enough to share your art with uh, with people, why why wouldn't you want to do it with your sure you know with people? And interestingly, I mean, just judging your country, by your, your your you know your your Spotify listens and stuff, you, the, it's the Persian stuff that seems to connect more yeah, with the yeah. audience than the English but maybe that's just because more recently you've been doing Persian stuff uh, no I think that decision definitely opened a door for me opened uh, there's a huge market I mean I'm not gonna hide it but there's, it, there's less competition than in English definitely you know? yeah definitely. Uh, English is obviously a much bigger market yeah, but yeah. you're you're competing with the world then all of a sudden there's a concept to this record to, to describe it uh yeah it's it's a story of uh the main theme behind it it's just the the concept behind it it's just that uh, that the meaning of love that we are we were given when in our early years when we were like child uh, as a kid it's like too romanticized and too idealized and in in real life you don't it doesn't match the <laughs> <laughs> Like you realize that it doesn't exist that way. The romanticized image of love doesn't have anything to do with real love, you know. And I think, like, growing older, I'm like, I'm more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm finding out about this that oh, the lovey-dovey feelings they don't have anything to do with like deep connection. Mm. Uh, there's something that they just fade away right away they're all based in on hormones and you know the the immediate chemistry that fades away and then you feel really disappointed and then and then based on that disappointment and frustration you you have poor judgment so that's basically there are like 10 songs and each song talks about one of these phases oh it starts with the ego like you're the center of your own world and then this ego in the second track gets smashed by another ego so you grow fever for someone else like you sickly fall in love for someone else in an obsessed way Mm. in the third track you start to grow expectations because you know because of that lovey-dovey feeling and the fourth track it's just uh you're disappointed because that's that's guaranteed because when you you start (laughs) to grow expectations right afterwards comes the fr- frustration so 
and it just goes on. What happens at the end? At the end, uh, you're, at you're the sitting end, I think, alone in the corner of a room weeping. Yeah, you know, right? more or less. <laughs> Why yeah. did I know? I, I knew it was going to end badly. <laughs> I think no. It it it, it ends. Uh, no with, great record about love can uh, exactly. end happy. No, yeah, no. Yeah. I the the tone of the album is not a pessimistic tone like mm. at all like it just it's, it's a just, happy record about not being in the five <laughs> yeah. <left>. yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty excited he's like so excited about it <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yay eureka <laughs> i'm alone again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you got to offer <laughs> what is the name of the album it's the psychology of letting go it's called Honare oh. yeah. is it in english or in persian the title? i'm gonna put both titles yeah actually the psychology of letting go yeah. nice yeah. wow this is a it's like a half cool new record half 10-step program for <laughs> for jilted for for sad lovers for unrequited love but letting go that meaning that you should let let a story go or let a person go and like you can letting do that? go uh i think i no i i'm, I'm the worst person i'm learning <laughs> I'm learning. Right. Well, there's a, just a like, new album yeah. coming out that you yeah. should listen to called The Psychology, <laughs> the psychology of, of Letting, letting Go. go yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you learn it through life. You yeah. you just train yourself. You to, gotta. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Keep I mean, moving forward it. at some yeah, point. Yeah. Absolutely. But sometimes you you cannot and then... And then then there's there's the problem. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to say it's been a real pleasure talking to you, but I'm kind of depressed now, so I'm, I'm not <laughs> so sure sorry, how much man. of a pleasure it's been. <laughs> no, it's very good to next, have you here. Man. Next Thanks album, for doing. I'm so yeah. so excited that we got to do this in person rather than on Zoom or something like that. It's, yeah, you happen too. to be in Toronto. You're in mid tour, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So you're going to play us out with a song. Um, so is it from the new record? Uh, yeah. What yeah. are you going to play in, in in your bones or what? What are you going to play? Uh, no, I'm going to. I'm gonna play uh, just uh, the first track of the album. Okay. For the first time, I mean, I've never played it anywhere else. Really? I played in the, in, in the London show, but okay. not in, I'm excited. on any program or. Fantastic! Like, What's yeah. it called? It's called Man in Persian. Okay. Yeah. Me. Uh, yeah, me. It's completely in Persian, but um, it's uh, there's a there's an English part in in the middle, of which basically is a translation of um, you know Fitzgerald. F. Translated, yeah, like the Gatsby. The no, the no, 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 no not oh. the Gatsby. No, the the guy who translated Hayom. Oh, like he was, he was a, he was a genius. I, mean, I don't know okay. if you've ever read those translations, but they're like really marvelous, like okay. really cool. And so I'm well, using, I've only ever read Hayom in, in English. Would that be the translation I've read then, or are there different translations? Um, I think it's it's the same that you read. Probably, yeah. So I probably have read. Yeah, yeah. there's not there's there are not many translations like different versions. Okay. I think it's probably the same. And I'm using so the song is talks about the the human being's ego, like in general. So every track is from a different point of view. Like a, there's a different character, uh, like who finds himself in one of those phases that mm. we were talking about before. Um, this one is like human being in general, like destroying. All right, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> This is Paymon Salimi debuting uh, the world premiere here, of, at least in, in in that sort of a broadcast sense, of a new song called Man from his forthcoming new record, The Psychology of Letting Go, that comes out in the fall. This is Paymon Salimi live in the Rook Studio.
از همه بهتریم از همه سرتریم بلای جان ما شد این قشر خاکستری پرچم افتخار بر کره ما زدیم صحبت دل که شد دلو به خواب زدیم بگو من بدون تو چه جوری سر کنم این همه تناقض حرف کیو باور کنم اشرف مخلوقات این همه معلومات پیله تنهایی تو عصر ارتباطات رحمی نکرده به هم نوان خود انسان به بند کشیم حیوان که جای خود بگو من بدون تو چجوری سر کنم این همه تناقض عرف کیو باور کنم اسیری تو چنگه مش قدرت زلم دیگه مهم نیست من که گذشته آب از سرم دوسو وی میرین چرچز دوینیدی کالجز اور تمپلز دزایر هیون ان فیر هل بود درز ا ستوری دی کنتل دوسو وی میرین چرچز دوینیدی کالجز اور تمپلز دزایر هیون ان فیر هل But there's a story they can't tell As روز اولین غرقه باوریم خدامون بی همتاست این ماییم که برتریم کره ما داریم نفسی واپسیم بر زخم او زنیم با مشتی آهنیم حالا من بدون تو چجوری سر کنم وقتی همش دروغه حرف کیو باور کنم اسیری تو چنگه مش قدرت طلب دیگه مهم نیست من که گذشته آب از سرم Live in the Rook studio, debuting the song from his new record, the first song, the, uh, the first track on the new record, The Psychology of Letting Go. That's Paymon Salimi in the song, Man. Um, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you so it's much for fun. being here. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Uh, I wish you the best in the rest of the tour, and I can't wait to, for the new record. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Right. Paymon Salimi. An Iranian-Italian singer-songwriter, guitarist, music producer. He is currently on tour across North America with Ali Azimi. Paymon Salimi joined us here in the Rook studio today. That's full time for Rook for today. Did you enjoy that, Shaya? Yeah, I love it, too. Nice to Paymon. For all things Rook, you can go to our website, rookmedia.com. Rook media.com r-o-q-e media.com where you can find all of our um, previous episodes our guests 
our Rook videos, our different programs, rookmedia.com. Thanks again to the amazing team who put this show together. Savvy Roham, talented Anahita, Ponta the artist, the fabulous Keon Smart Pega, Super Patty Saw, Ohio Mer Dodd, Captain Reza, and Groovy Shia. Thank you to Hamid Reza Safipur and Ali Kambari. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. Find me on Instagram at Giangomeshi and Mizumbashi.